And so we knew like security, privacy weren't their priorities. We knew we were overpaying for things. They weren't reporting accurate campaigns, but I got a benefit. It made me look good. I could drive my business. Like it gave me fulfillment as a business professional. And I gladly spent my money because I knew that I would derive value and it'll help me reach my corporate goals. But I mean, this is not new information. Um, I think now, yeah, we, we, we have a not only obligation as uh, just humans, right? To, hey, what's just because it's available is it accessible. But I, I think, you know, your buddy Tim Ferriss, you know, talks about the minimum uh, dosage effect. The idea of, okay, what's the minimum amount of this I need to get a benefit? For most of us, it ain't four hours of social media, right? And so I think it's, okay, well, what's the minimum amount? Send a message, have a conversation, and then move on with your life. Almost 20 years ago, our paths crossed in the sneaker world. And since then, we've been on a professional and personal journey together. We've made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of fun, and even a few wins along the way. Our goal is to share our experiences and insights so you don't have to make some of the same errors that we did. And in addition, we want to help you begin to think about things a little different. So join us as we unpack our unsolicited and sometimes polarizing views on business, faith, and family questions that make you want to unfollow. AP, we're back. Episode nine of the Unfollow podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about something that can only be made by humans unless they're robots. And that's social media content. I like you're going to talk about babies or something. Okay. Social media. (laughs) Let's get into it. Oh, I love it. I'm ready for this conversation. I'm excited because it's such a fertile ground for people with different opinions. And me and you have expert knowledge and as practitioners yeah. but we also you know we're fathers we're you know husbands we're users as well so we get high on our own supply so we're we're, we're gonna dig into all of it i think the first thing that we should talk about is that when you and i first met and we started our first jobs in new jersey and new york we worked for a company that had somewhere around two thousand stores and social media was not even a component of our business. In fact, there wasn't even a Facebook page for our company. You remember that? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the very, I mean, towards the end, this was 04, 05, we had started maybe a website that had a streaming video channel, right? I mean, before, you know, YouTube was, I think, 05, maybe 06. Um, yeah. So this is, yeah, none of this was, existed when we came out of college and we were building, you know, marketing campaigns this was like huh yeah and now look at us (laughs) yeah so what i think is so wild is that if we look at social media as a country neither you or i were technically born in that country so we're not native citizens right we have moved into that country because we well we started our careers at the right time right so fast forward to five years after 2005 caught 2010 your you know, running a, a portion of a company that has social media in your title. You're a keynote speaker at social media conferences where there are hundreds of <laughs> practitioners, right? Like the ramp has been yeah. super steep from us to go from a very large corporation that had no social media presence to you literally like that's all you did was head up social media. Um, like, yeah. let's talk about that for a minute because yeah. I mean, outside <laughs> of my space, <laughs> You know, how did you get into that world? Like, how did your world in social media get started? It's crazy. I remember uh, starting one of the first MySpace pages for uh, Liz Claiborne at that time. You had to find, you know, specialized coders to kind of hack the MySpace code and create Mm -hmm. custom playlists. Skins, yeah. yeah, Skins, right? Uh, It's crazy. So, you you know, my first few years out in advertising and marketing, you know, digital was just, you know, a sliver of the budget and the time. It was a banner, Yahoo, uh, MSN, ESPN. Digital was like the add-on from a marketing perspective. Fast forward, you know, decade or so, and been the last twelve years at least in digital forward roles. Right? Um, I've likely spent, um, just rough calculation, probably ninety to hundred million dollars in digital media alone in the past, I'd say, twenty years. I met with all the major players, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Google, Apple, Samsung, you know, and I got in early, you know, Radio Shack. This was 2009, 10. You know, social media was still relatively new. Uh, Twitter launched about 06, 07. 
Facebook, you know, I think 05, but launched, you know, broadly to the public or non-college students, you know, probably I think that 07, 08 time. So it was all fertile ground. And so it was a timing perspective. I just got in. I had marketing experience, but I didn't have no social. So social allowed me to leverage, I think, a lot of my background in journalism, communication and marketing and to like pull those into, you know, kind of a, a practice um as well. So yeah, my, my background in social and digital definitely informed, I think, a lot of the trajectory of how I built marketing campaigns. But now, you know, on the other side, right? So now as a as a user who stepped out of, I guess, the corporate game or the advertising game, because people forget that they, they are they are advertising companies. They aren't necessarily their business is not getting you to connect to your mom and your dad and see cats and kittens, their business is your attention. Now I can take a step back after investing millions of dollars with them and say, hmm, what was I doing there? <laughs> was that good? And assign value. It's not as helpful to assign value in the past, but at least learn from that and you know think think about, hey, what are some implications you know, mm-hmm. going forward? So the who we are is you and I have both been practitioners of social media professionally for about 15 years, correct? For companies ranging from $100 million up to several billion dollars, correct? Yeah. Yep. And then on the other side of that, we've been personal practitioners in that just like most of our audience, like we've used every social channel out there for some reason or the other personally. And so I think we have formed opinions that may have been, hey, this is our professional view on social media, and this is kind of like our personal view on social media. So I kind of want to pack those two things today. But for people out there who don't know some of the terminology that we use, when you say digital, could you explain what digital means? Yeah, I mean, I think digital at its truest sense is, you know, any is a piece of content or interaction that happens, you know, on the web, you know, on, on the internet. That could be, you know, a video, uh, a connection, an email, right? Uh, in the truest sense, started you know with just kind of simple code and websites to process information. You know, calculator was digital. Um, writing code, I, Fortran. You know, I took all these Pascal C plus plus programming classes, right? And then that went to the internet that allowed us to connect over time. But yeah, I think in the truest sense, it's just a digital interaction or a piece of content that you know allows you to connect. You know, across borders, across time zones. Um, et cetera. So yeah, there's that larger piece of just digital overall is larger than a social media network or a channel. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's important for some people to note, right? Because like, as this has grown or become like a profession, the term digital yeah. gets used a lot, right? It's like, Hey, director of digital or vice president of digital, or there's advertising agencies that just are digital agencies. And so when we say the word digital, what we really mean is anything that's kind of done on the web. Right. And, TV is kind of a gray area with that now because TV, you know, so much of the advertising that's done on the on-demand stuff that is digital, that is online, kind of connects with TV broadcast. And so that's kind of a gray area there. But when we say digital, you and I are both talking about things that have literally had its origin on the web, whether that's advertising, whether that's engagement, whether that's a video, um, whether that's a a forum or a a space where you're just chatting back and forth, right? That's what we mean when we say digital. But when you and I say social media, what do we mean when we say social media? I think the lines are really blurred, right? But I think a big part of the digital web is mobile web, right? So the accelerant and the vessel for acceleration of digital adoption was the mobile phone. So, you know, in a span of, you know, years, you went from all these capabilities being accessible in your device, including social media, right? So it went from MySpace pages being a thing you visit when you're online in front of a desktop computer. You know, they don't even make desktop computers that much anymore to laptops to now, you know, social media being, you know, a social network, the network where you have, uh, you know, it's a two-sided platform. So you have users who connect with other users, exchanging information, data, services, chat, entertainment, you know, for any number of purposes, right? Um, and then that exchange, you know, creates value from the users. And of course, you know, the, the networks or the owners, right, um, create, you know, revenue and profit from advertising, from subscriptions and things like that. But, you know, just the, the old school way of having a parlor where you would, you know, gather to have some drinks, going out to the bar, you know, the the village courtyard, right? 
social, you know, creates those virtual versions of those conversations and, and interactions. Um, starting as a way, you know, that wasn't as nefarious as some of the some yeah. recent events that, that, that yeah. we'll talk about. So, yeah. So I think the important thing that I wanted to kind of drive home was, is that there is a, a channel or a, a segment of what you and I did in marketing and advertising that falls under this umbrella of digital and then inside of that is social media, right? So it's almost like they're two different yeah. things, but digital encompasses our work that's happened in social media. And so I think a lot of people will engage you or I on a personal or professional level and ask us like, hey, what are some best practices in social media or how should my business grow in social media? And I think what happens is, is that you and I use that term digital a lot of times and maybe people get confused as like, okay, well, what is digital, right? And so... When you and I talk about today, when we talk about social media and how we have created some borders for ourselves personally, or we have some best practices professionally, know that like we're talking about that in connection with our digital strategy, if that makes sense. And I just did air quotes for yeah, you yeah. guys. You can't see me. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. When I think it, one important alienation is all social media is digital. All digital isn't social media. So you kind of look at social media as kind of this subset of the digital interactions that or mobile interactions, you know, they they kind of blur. And so as those devices and those channels blur, some of that does bend, but yeah, we're talking about kind of the social aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is a great definition and it leads me directly to where I was going. When we talk about digital, you and I have created content for digital. What I want people to understand about social media is, is that they are creating the content for that platform. Whereas you and I might spend a couple yeah. thousand dollars or more creating a video that we post on our website that gets put on social media that, that finds a home somewhere online, right? And that's created to promote our brand, to do advertising, to do marketing, whatever. What's happening for social media is, is that these companies are actually using us to generate that same content and then they're getting paid on the back end. They're getting paid for advertising. They're getting paid for data. Um, yeah. They're getting paid for brand relationships, you know, kind of their, I, I guess you'd say like their clout or their pry bar into our lives that gives companies a value, right? Pry to sell bar, us things. I like that. Yeah. To sell us good. things, I, right? I, yeah. Right. No, I think it's important to understand the business of social media because I think that gives you kind of uh insight into you know how the, how to use the product for good you know it reminds me of you know mcdonald's right mcdonald's isn't really in the burger industry mcdonald's is in the real estate industry mcdonald's is you know one of the largest real estate companies in our country like they, they have the prime real estate in every city <laughs> you know if you think about uh rent the runway right they're a business that does you know you can get you can rent designer dresses well in effect they're actually the the country's largest laundromat. They're in the business of sending out dresses and then they wash them. You And you're paying for that as a service. Uh, Coke, Coca-Cola is the world's biggest corn business. Like they don't actually bottle or make, they, they, they create corn fructose syrup, ship you the syrup and, you know, bottlers, manufacturers. And so like, it's crazy to think, no, some of these big brands, right? I mean, this Coke, right? It's a $40 billion company. Um, one of the top brands and advertisers in the world, they're in the business of like creating high fructose corn syrup. And so if you think about Facebook, right? Facebook, I mean, Facebook will do $10 billion a quarter. Like they're a $1 trillion company. Like, like the scale of a company, like it doesn't even, most of us can't fathom the scale and the size of their business. Like 3 billion users, like 3 billion with a B, like it, 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 it's it's crazy, and their primary business is advertising. So they've created this infinite market, right? So advertising, if you're a TV, radio, right? Like yeah, the the show's an hour. You can sell, you know, maybe three or four pods. Radio, you know, a magazine. You know, you and your wife, you know, used to work on a magazine, right? You had a certain amount of pages, editorial, et cetera. Imagine if that magazine could go on infinitely. How much ad space could you sell? Right, you would sell it every day because there's no limit to how much profit you can make, right? So what Facebook has done, and you know, I'd say Twitter, LinkedIn, Google as well, um, 
they found a way to create an infinite uh, marketplace. And you and I are, are creating the reason that people come, right? So m- me and you have a conversation on so- Facebook. They're monetizing that. So they're renting not only our attention, they're renting our energy. And so what's in their favor is the unit economics of, so the cost, right? The cost to uh, serve an ad to Daryl's audience is a rounding error. It's like, you know, a fraction of a penny for them, right? So Facebook, for instance, right? Facebook makes about $32 a year per user. So $32 is their, what they make on revenue per user times, you know, 3 billion people. But the cost of adding a new user is small. And so over time, the cost to acquire people, the value that you give them is infinite. And so these media companies know that like their business model is, is that addiction. Like if they don't have our awareness, our attention, they don't have the media to sell. And so the only way to protect, you know, that infinite marketplace, you know, that infinite billboard is is to get our attention. And so understanding the business dynamics of how they make their money, um, how they protect their money. I think those are those are important things to, to, to truly understand as you think about your role in that dynamic or if you run a business that benefits from you know social media. Okay, so you have a lot of experience running social media for big brands. You ran social media for Intuit, which makes TurboTax and QuickBooks, correct? Yeah, yeah, I ran the professional uh, portion there for like QuickBooks for accountants, TurboTax for accountants. I uh, started social media at Radio Shack, you know, over twelve years ago. Stood up social uh, for Patron Tequila relaunched and transformed social, digital, et cetera, for Grey Goose. And then, of course, have worked across, you know, multiple brands, you know, just to consult and, you know, be a client within those portfolios. So other, like, smaller brands within those businesses. So I've been around and in, you know, the business of social or commercializing social media for, you know, better part of a decade. But also training teams how to use social media, you know, doing a lot of mentorship and coaching and counseling, right, to help people do that. And then I think in the last, you know, call it year and a half, right, I mean, as I've looked at career opportunities, you know, I've, I've had some pretty senior level conversations with, um, you know, one of the highest grossing apps, you know, in the mobile space, uh, the CEO or the founder, you know, of, a, of one of the largest social media networks. So I've, I've been given kind of a privilege to have conversations with the people who've built the products, who've created the products, and the people who, who manage them to kind of have at least a front row seat at the strategy, the intent, and, you know, hearing it directly from the, you know, directly from the source on, you know, what's the roadmap for, you know, how you're building y- your business. And I can tell you, I mean, it's all about profit. I mean, there's no conversations going on about pr- protection of the user or health or well-being or all, all those kind of things. So, yeah, it's... um. It's been an illuminating, I think, couple of years for me, even though I've been in the business for a while. I think yeah. now I'm looking at it through just a new lens, you know, uh, recently. How much money have you spent over the course of, you know, that, let's say the last decade with those those brands specifically? How big have you, has your advertising budget been specifically oh. for social media? It's a good question. I gotta say, let's do back of the napkin math. Say in the course of my entire career, it's probably been at least a hundred million. I said so. I'd say in the last ten, at least I'd say sixty to seventy million dollars of that has been with. You know, I'd say I'd say Facebook. I put Google in there, so you know we haven't talked about Google as a not necessarily a social network, but Google is a connective tissue to a lot of the content on the web. You know, so Facebook, Google. Um, I'm missing one. Oh, Facebook, Google, Amazon, right? I mean, they're, you know, they're, I think they're about 70% of every dollar spent in advertising and digital advertising goes to one of those three companies. And so I, I'd fall in that category where, you know, Facebook and Google, you know, probably have gotten at least $60, $70 million in the last, let's call it decade of, of digital spend. And as you know, in, in your former life, right, it's because there were, you know, we, we call it referral, right? right? So the, the efficiency with which I can reach an audience, like getting views, getting clicks, engagement. I mean, you, there, there's no way to beat it. I mean, the, the, the acquisition of people's eyeballs and attention. I mean, Facebook is big because they 
do it well. They, you know, they they win because they win. Google wins because it wins. They're like they're they're, they're massive companies because they they do it really well and efficient. Yeah. And the more you pay, the more you win. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it goes back to that infinite media. You know, that magazine that's infinite infinite number of pages. Well, guess what? They they're they're gonna keep letting you win. So yeah, there there is a direct correlation to spend. Now you know if you get into the economic models, you know, a media buyer would say, hey, there is diminishing returns where after a certain amount of spend, you won't necessarily get the incremental eyeballs. But there is this spend you have to do to protect your audience. So part of it is protecting your market share. And so the math and the economics of social media are fascinating. And it's psychology, it's behavior, it's sociology. And there are very, very smart people with PhDs from amazing schools. There's not it's not an accident they're getting paid so much money. Even me, right? I'm a, I mean, I was a marketer. I sold tequila and, and software. And, like, why am I making significantly, exponentially more than, you know, so that's a whole other podcast. But, you know, like, you stand back and, you know, the the math adds up. If you follow the dollars, you know, it's, yep. it's not a hard story to start to put together. So you've been doing this for over 10 years. You spent at least $70 million in social media. What have you learned when it comes to doing business um, on social media, whether that's for a small business or a big brand? What was what's one of the biggest takeaways you've learned in the last 10 years? You know, I think part of the I mean, the good news, right? Let's start with like the positive piece, right? The heart of social. And I think my pitch when I was you know pitching for budget, you had to go in front of boards and CFOs like who? Why do we need? money for social media isn't it free right it was is it's the power of trust at the end of the day a recommendation from daryl talking about his favorite type of ice cream is 7x more trustworthy credible and actionable than an ad from haagen let's make that up right and so i know that i can spend money on advertising but I can also spend money on influencing the people who influence my consumer. And so social media, right, gave us a way to tap not only into those conversations, but people were using social media to connect, right, to share content and updates and video. And we created an entire economy of content that didn't exist. This podcast, right, people, you're listening to it on a device, right? So the the I think the hope of a lot of it and the intent was to create conversations and connections and a dare I say communities to allow people to organize or entertain or do any number of, of, of things. And so, you know, like healthy social media is still healthy and unhealthy social media is still healthy. And, and so, yeah, the, the intent was that it was an opportunity to engage, to have fun, connect people as well. I think our challenge is, you know, part of it's, you know, it's that the magnetic pull of capitalism is like there's always more. I can always make more money by creating more ad space. Well, more ad space means more users. And so as you start to have so much investment going into these companies, right? Like, you know, the stock, the the equity, there's no incentive to draw a finish line anywhere reasonable on the it's like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you get three billion users and make ten billion dollars a quarter on your product? So the, there there is no guardrail for hey. What is the point where our profit is actually harming because our product has, you know, and so no one set out to intentionally like derail the cognitive health of an entire continent. But I'd say the reality is like, you know, human brains haven't caught up with the technology and the way we're wired, evolutionary, like we're just not made for you know, the same reason why I don't let my kids go crazy on ice cream and pop tarts, the same reason I don't let them, you know, play video games all day. Their brains are not built that way. And, and so I think the flip side of, of that, what I've learned is that, you know, even though social media creates an efficient way for even a small business, right? The magic of Google um, isn't just the big brands who are investing. It's the mom and pop down the street who can buy a, a local ad to get somebody to come order pizza, to walk into the coffee shop at the self-serve model. Or anybody can create a brand, a store like me and you could create a brand today and launch a website online and create an audience. Right. So that's the the positive parts of social media. It's just the uh, the ability for people to use misinformation, disinformation, like the negative parts of anything 
are scaled and unfortunately the negative aspects of it have scaled faster than our ability to control or monitor them which is kind of you know it puts us in this really big conundrum the question is is it a paradox to manage or a problem to solve i think as a social media user leader i always assumed it was a paradox to manage like hey there's just tensions now i'm probably moving firmly into the category of no this is a problem to solve and i think that changes how how i view not only the business of social media but yeah. how i use it as a you know as a, as an everyday digital citizen man now you're getting ahead of me that's my question <laughs> in a minute like i'm trying to build my case here yeah, right yeah, i'm trying yeah, to build yeah, my yeah. case so we've we've shown like how long that you and i have been doing this we've shown yeah. how much money you've spent right we're showing what you understand about it i'll get to the bad stuff in a minute give me a second <laughs> right sorry 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 i, I, I want to add some about I'm trying to add some value here for people that might say, like, I just want to know more about marketing from these guys. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, let me do okay, that for just a second. So if you were if you were going to take another job right now, right, let's say that you were going to go walk in and take another job at another company right now, and it's a medium to large size brand, how are you yeah. going to set up their social um we know that you're going to be over there digital, right? And you're going to have a strategy for that. But how yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. are you going to set up their social media? Yeah, I think, you know, it goes back to so much of the best social strategies go back to what it takes to just sell a product or tell a story. I think, you know, you have those one-offs, those overnight, you know, successes. Everybody talks about, you know, the thing that went viral at that moment. But if you can't replicate it, you can't repeat it or control it. You just got lucky. So you, you can't build a business model on luck, right? Uh, you know, like so, so many businesses, right, during the pandemic, exponential sales tequila we couldn't make enough tequila to save our like we we sold every drop of tequila but a pandemic is in the business strategy so the same thing happens with businesses where i think oftentimes a lot of the content and social the conversation from a business perspective is about virality those moments like getting the, the attention and it's like you can't build a business on that I, so i start the other way this is the basics right so whatever your product is hey what are the 10 things somebody needs to know to want to buy subscribe visit my store, make an action, answer those 10 questions, make sure that content is available online. Hey, what are the 10 things people don't know that are misconceptions of my product, brand, service, et cetera? Make sure that's available. Who are the 10 people who are the most influential in my space? Like those basic questions of, you know, do people know where I am? Like those are, those same things are so relevant in social. And I think they start to build out, you know, I think the proper pillars of a great strategy. And I think the good news is once you solve for one customer, like solve for delight of one person. So they, they could find my product easy. They have the information about my category, right? Um, they, if they have a question or they want to demo it, they can see a video and you know, when, when they're ready to purchase, I make it real easy to purchase. If you've done those four things for like one consumer, then you can scale it infinitely to a thousand or 10,000 or 3 billion, right? To, to Facebook. And so I think part of the success of social and digital channels is just like using the tools because right now you can do this for so cheap. Like Google lets you start a store, uh, GoDaddy, Amazon, that you can start entire commerce channels, you know, with the flip of a button. And so now your, your fixed costs are low. Your recurring costs can now be low. Now you can build an entire commerce engine on it. So I'd say you start with just the basics of your product. And then start to build out the community and the conversations. I think the challenge now, though, is so, you know, I, and I've done workshops with small businesses for, you know, several years. The difference now in social media is that now it is a pretty much a paid channel. There's no way to really reach your potential audience without paying for it. Before, you could kind of earn it with some gimmicks or some fun giveaways. And, you know, but now, no, I mean, there, there, it's full business mode. So launching a social media channel or site doesn't ensure like an audience at all, like you, you actually have to pay. And so now you can have a budget, it takes, you know, targeting, it takes, uh, you know, microeconomics, it takes a budget, it takes people to actually do that. And so I'd say, but start with this, a great product, an inspired experience, great customer service, and then build it organically over there. Don't fall for the, tr the trap of the viral moment because you just can't predict those. Okay, so I'm building my case towards the bad. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, you mentioned influencers. You said, hey, who are the 10 people that are most influential in my space? A few weeks back, you said, hey, one of my core mantras is, is that I don't rent relationships. And so I think when I look at social, I see so many folks that are trying to be an influencer because there's this hope that they'll get paid to be yeah. an influencer. Like we see every mom in the world doing, you know, some product, right? Or we see yeah. um, every semi-attractive person in the world trying to be a fitness model, right? Or, you know, you can you can flesh this out as much as you want to. But what that is probably doing more often than not is having someone portray someone portray a persona that they're trying to be in order to do something professionally. Right. So they're doing this thing on this channel to try to portray a certain way of being in order to sell an oil or a workout or uh, a piece of fitness apparel, right? So that's that's one side of it. Yeah. The other side of it is is that people are also trying to portray themselves in a way that says, "Hey, I'm doing just fine in life," right? Yeah. Um, it used to be that we were keeping up with the Joneses, and the Joneses were on our block, but now we're trying to keep up with an infinite world of people. And to your yeah. point earlier, like our brain doesn't do very good with that. The the fact that you know, even adjusting for inflations you know, the average U S household, it makes double what we did in the 1950s, but we are poorer than we were then when it comes to debt, right? Because we're just trying to keep up. We're just trying yeah. to be okay. We're yeah. trying to be accepted and loved. And unfortunately our community is not small anymore. Our community is those 3 billion people that you talked about that are on social. So my question for you is, is like you've spent t 10 years, $70 million, you're an expert at this and yet you chose to disappear for the last 30 days on social and you really don't look like you're coming back. Why? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Yeah. I think I'll be back in a way that suits me. I think, you know, the child, you know, it's funny, you know, a few years ago I was just like underwater with like emails, right? You're like, Oh, like I'm in meetings all day. I get emails. Like, I can't answer them. I miss like, you know, the the simple like solution for like receiving fewer emails was like sending fewer emails. Like, yeah, if you if, like if you send fewer emails, you will get fewer emails in return, right? So, social media is the same way. It's just like, oh, if you're on it less, then it like it it can't influence you um, as much. And so, no, I I think part of the Part of the, you know, for all the benefits of social media, like in all, in every, every app or channel or network has a, a you know, whole archive of success stories. Couples that met, you know, via our app or, well, people that reunited or, you know, uh, we help, you know, um, suppress or, you know, we help su suppress bad actors or we help identify needs or we raise the GoFundMe. I mean, you know, every network is flush with examples of like, how to use it correctly. But at the end of the day, right? I mean, here's, I think, probably the biggest thing for me is like, if you found out you were addicted to food, right? You had an unhealthy relationship with food. I mean, you wouldn't stop eating food because then you would die. I mean, you need, but you would say, I need to get smart about how I eat, what I eat, and where I eat so that food can nurture me. Food can actually help me like reach my goals, right? So, you know, so all these, all these physical things, I think same thing happens with social media where like the saying, Oh, it's a business site. Right? So let's take the personal side. Like, I could go on for personal all day, but business, how can I reach my goals with social media? Well, Hey, I want to attract customers. I want to have a great experience with them. If they have questions, I want to make sure it's accessible and available. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. Like I want to do it in an efficient way, right? I have a set budget. Like I, I can't go crazy on it. And so, yeah, social media has great benefits for that, right? There's a balanced diet of social media. On the other hand, if you go like, hey, you know what? I really want to get the attention. I really want to like start trending. Well, let me do something funny. Let's do something viral. Let's get attention. Like, And so what, what you're experiencing, what I think you described is the difference between uh, success and the perception of success, right? So it's like success, 
the product, service, relationship, marriage, kids, all these things we we desire, right? If I made a list of all the things I want for from my future, right? Like I want to communicate great with people I care about. I want to invest my time and money in a way that makes sense. I want to have boundaries between my family and work life. Like no one would argue with any of those. But there's this little exit right here and it says, "Hey, there's a there's a fast track to getting that." It's acting like you have that. So now I can act successful. I can act like my product's better or more important than it is. I can act like I have a relationship with a celebrity. I can act like my kids are actually always this put together. And so I think we've sold ourselves on the perception of success and whatever success that is as a way to attain it. And the reality is any time, uh, dollar, energy, effort you spend on the the perception is actually a distraction and you don't even realize that until you're sitting there empty with like, well, well, why haven't I had a meaningful relationship or like, why can't my product? And you haven't focused on the basics. And so I think for me, you know, the 30 days off of, of social media was really just a time to say, hey, let's admit that, hey, there's something here. I'm, I've just arrived at, you know, the the logical um I'd say pragmatic conclusion that like normal isn't working. Like we started this podcast, like normal ain't working. If you do everything normal, it's not working. And that I don't want normal for myself or my family. And so I don't need more information to know, you know, there's like three things you can't deny. Like we know this, like can prove them, send a link, whatever. We know the impact of the product. We know addiction, self-harm, self-esteem, distraction, misinformation and disinformation like we know that about all the major social media networks that's number one number two we know their motives so we know the product has issues we know the motives of the creators is profit and market share they're built as advertising channels they aren't built to protect us or help us and three we know now we we're knowing how to protect ourselves we know we need guardrails we need controls and barriers etc so for me it's more about you know, I looked at my wife, um, Alicia, you know, it's when the Washington Post story came out, you know, one of the latest, but a litany of stories about Facebook and how like Facebook knows their all these negative effects, like increasing the chance or the rate of suicide in teen girls, in, uh, decreasing their esteem and body. And, like this is their own research. Like, 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 like in what world is that report just sitting there and no one doing something about it? But, you know, I mean, the people are paid pretty well. Right. So you're paid to ignore this and act like everything's okay. So I remember looking at Alicia, my wife, being like, I mean, we don't need more information to know that something's wrong with how we use social media. Like, I don't want to be a part, even if it's like I'm using, okay, I don't just, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't just want to be a part of it. Like, why would I subject myself to that? And I have kids coming up now who are watching me on my phone and what are you doing? My kids know all about Instagram and Facebook because I'm on Instagram. Like, my kids know Twitter because I'm on Twitter. And so I think for me, it just felt like I had a responsibility to take a step back and just be smarter about how I use social media. And the best step for me was to, like, take a, a hard month away from it to then rebuild uh, what would be potentially a healthier, balanced, uh, just a wiser way of moving forward. Yeah. So... Two years ago, I started looking at the news app on my phone consistently every day, right? Almost like the weather yep. app. And yep. that grew and grew and grew. And then you entered an election cycle. You entered a season of social unrest. And it was overwhelming. And so over a year ago, I deleted the news app off of my phone. And immediately, I saw a change. Immediately, I was happier. Yeah. Um, did you see that same change from your reduction in social media? Oh, yeah. I mean, like almost overnight. I think we so we me and my wife, you know, like a ceremony, we deleted our apps and logged out of all of our accounts. I think it was. Yeah, I guess it was the first day of October, October 1st. Like, hey, I'll and I did a post. So I did a post. I, I posted a picture of digital minimalism, you know, the book by Cal Newport. I was like, hey, like I know for me, especially this season where I, I need to write and create and think. I need to tune out distractions. And so it was kind of like, Hey, I know I need to do this for myself. And it, I even put on, on, I think IG and on my LinkedIn, 
I put a note to say I'm on digital detox until November 1st, right? So, you know, basically, if you message me, I'm not answering because I, I don't even have access to the channels. It was crazy. I logged back in. Was it Monday, right? Didn't miss a single thing. Like, I, I, I missed nothing. I mean, there was there was one invite. I will, okay, invite to judge uh, some, like, uh, you know, um, innovator session. Something would have been cool, but I missed that. But other than that, like, I didn't miss a thing. Guess what? I had no mentions on Twitter, meaning in 30 days, no one talked about me on Twitter because I wasn't talking, right? Um, LinkedIn, I had a few invites, but there was no, like, magical, you know, invite or job opportunity that was going to change my life that I missed. Facebook, I didn't miss this crazy family moment that, oh, I would have missed this. No, because I... I the people I care about, I know how to get in touch with you. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't. IG, yeah, I probably missed a ton of photos, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I know how to get in touch with the people, and so it made me realize how much I didn't miss, and almost how much I contribute to my own problem. Meaning, when I post on IG now, in the next forty-eight hours, I'm fed a constant stream of people's reaction to my posts. When I post on LinkedIn, right. I'm fed a constant update of people mentioning, liking, sharing, commenting. Twitter, how many people liked it, commented, like, and so I'm, I'm the problem. Like, like it's I'm not blaming Mark Zuckerberg for like, yeah, I think he's a tool and he's not taking accountability, so he's complicit. But at the end of the day, like, it's my job to manage me, and I think how we spend our time always has an ROI. That's the thing. So you can't have both. You can't say. I want to be distracted. Um, I'm bored. Let me look at something without knowing that it's going to cost you something, right? So if I have a dollar, right, and I'm going to spend it on something temporary, well, it takes away from something that could have been valuable. And we do that in every area of life. Like it's okay to be entertained or, you know, waste time or money. But I think at the point where that distraction becomes numbing, it becomes coping, it becomes a way to relax or release from a day. Like there's a larger stress there that I'm ignoring. You know, uh, John Mark Comer, right, and um, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry calls it you know, the hurry sickness, right? All these things that we're distracted from, like, when I know that that's the reason why I'm going on social, I think I have responsibility just to act differently. Okay, so wrap this up for me, because it seems like we're talking yeah. out of both sides of our mouth, right? We spent $70 million over the course of the last 10 years, <laughs> and it's yeah. a requirement in our digital strategy toolbox, Yet on a personal level, we're saying it's something that we probably need to detox from and maybe never enter back into again. Yeah. How do you, <laughs> how do you wrestle this thing out and say, yeah. here's where I come down on it? Yeah, I think, you know, if you think about um, Coke. I'll pick on Coca-Cola, right? So Coca-Cola, amazing company, amazing brand, like, you know, Hall of Fame in multiple areas. Coke is great at delivering caffeine. Caffeine has some health benefits for being alert. Ergo, Coca-Cola is healthy. You would say, bull. Like, no, of course it's not. Nope. Like, it, nope. it delivers not caffeine. Yeah, but like you can get caffeine in like a thousand healthier ways. And it doesn't even outweigh the a thousand like harms obesity, sugar addiction, the corn syrup, the weight gain, like all the bad ROI of drinking Coke is not outweighed by this one like potential benefit of, oh yeah, more alert. So it doesn't make Coke is not bad. It's, oh yeah, have a Coke a week, have a Coke a month. But damn it, if you have a Coke a day, it's going to be a problem for you. Well, I think the challenge is we are now, we went from having a Coke a month, maybe a week, now we're drinking Coke all day and we're all doing it and we don't realize. So the normal method of social media, like the average adult uh, spends up to four hours a day on social media, right? So over the next, I did my own calculation from now until I die. If I die, let's call I die at 80 for the rest of my life. If I average, average, right? Four hours a day. I've spent six years of my life on my freaking phone. And so I would have no excuse for saying, oh, this is why I didn't do that business or write the book or be a better dad. 
when I spent six years of my freaking life like on my device. And so I, I think for me, it's more about realizing there is a limit and a boundary. And I think the learning is this, though, and this is why I, I, I'll probably get more aggressive towards the owners, channels, and operators, is that willpower is finite, but distraction is infinite. It's like willpower, I think we judge people. Like you see somebody that's like overweight, you say, yeah, you, know, you just don't have willpower. You should just work out. You see somebody that's an alcoholic, hey, you should have said no. Like, so we tend to judge people who have different struggles than us. And in social, I think we assume we have the willpower to um to fight uh, i'm not i'm not addicted reality is like these are billion dollar companies because they know your willpower has a finish line every single day you have a certain amount of willpower they know their ability to distract you to get you to be outraged to engage to be sad to question your self-esteem to compare your body with somebody else like they know that's infinite and so their business model is outsourcing your attention replacing it with a distraction so that you become further engaged. And for me, I, this behavioral addiction, which I guess is a new word for it, because it's not one thing. It's just you have a behavior that you're addicted to. Uh, for you, it was news. For me, it might have been like LinkedIn. Like, oh, I like seeing myself on LinkedIn. We're all doing it. And I think we're all in denial. And so I just refuse to be a, be voluntarily ignorant. Like, just be like, be voluntarily aware of it. And so I, I think for me, like, don't be ignorant. Just face the facts. And so the 30 days away from social media for me was just a way to, like, step back. Okay, what am I doing just because I've always done it? You know, I'm, I was, you know, I, I started accounts, you know, when they, a lot of them opened. And I've got, I don't have a big social media following, but I'd say over over the years, I've been surprised by, you know, if you add them all up, um, you know, blog and things like that. I mean, I don't know, it's probably 30, 35,000 call it connections or audiences, you know, members I have across, you know, multiple channels. I have videos on YouTube that have got, you know, tens of thousands of views. So I'm like, oh, it makes me feel self-important. And if I want to launch a business or write a book, of course I need, you know, people that know me to support me. I mean, a lot of that's bullshit. I, I, I just think that, like, you know, if you watch Animal Planet, there's, you know, there's always these, like, there's the little, the, the, the ant that's, like, going towards the sugar. And he finds it on this leaf. Oh, this little leaf has sugar on it. Let me this. Oh, this is great. I found this this leaf that has an amazing amount of sugar. I'm an ant. This is awesome. And then the like leaf becomes a trap, snaps it, you know, and then it, you know, this, you know, this plant eats the ant, right? And the the leaf's whole like business model is attracting ants with sugar to trap them and eat them, right? And so you now your ant watching this show. You know that the sugar is there. You know you want sugar, but you know you're, it's a trap. So, like, why would you? So, I just think at some point we got to be honest with ourselves and say the time, effort, energy I'm spending on my digital personality, my platform, my personal brand. Come on, like it's bull. Like half of it is. And so, yeah, run your business, use social media to make connections. You know, so, I think there is a good way. Like, you know, your your one coke a month or a week. But like at the point that most of us are doing a Coke a day or two or three a day, it's unhealthy, it's unwise. And for me, I just refuse to pretend it was okay. Let's just be honest about it. Call it what it is. And then, you know, so for me, it's more of a public way to say, yeah, this ain't cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to wind us down yeah. on this conversation. I mean, it, it's not over by any means, but I oh, would yeah, leave you even. with this. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine says that liturgy is a way of creating habits. And so historically, yeah. you know, liturgy in the church has been, we're going to repeat this thing or this behavior in order to worship. And it allows me to stay in that mindset. Even when things around me are going crazy, I can still have this liturgy of worship. And here's how I do that, right? We think about the doxology, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's good. He says, like, clicking on that social media button, let's say it's the Instagram button on my phone, had become a liturgy for him. And so he had to change his liturgy, right? And so he just removed it because what he found is, is that he'd created an incorrect liturgy. And I think the same is true for us all, yeah. right? Like, let's look at our liturgies, our habits, and say, which of those are really becoming unhealthy? Have somebody in your life that's, you know, 
a person you can ask and have an honest like conversation about those four hours that you're wasting a day. And it's true. Like we both know people that are wasting four hours of their life a day and say like, we're creating content for people to advertise on our backs. If we stopped creating that much content for them to do that for those four hours a day, things would change, right? Like things would shift. And I think like all of your advice is super wise, not only on the business side, but also like on the, on the, social personal side as well of like hey let's just make sure that you're having a coke maybe it's a coke zero you know (laughs) every once in a while and not every hour so man there's so much more here to unpack um maybe we do an episode two on on social media especially with you and all of your learnings but i think the biggest takeaway for me is just that you've you've met with these people the people that have founded these companies and you've seen the data on what it's doing to human beings, specifically young ladies, right? And if we don't change our behavior, we're guilty. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think we're at a kind of pivot point where, you know, I think we went along, I see we as like marketers, right? Um, we, we used to call a lot of the social channels, they were necessary evils, right? Like Facebook, like, gosh, you gotta, comp- to be competitive, you gotta invest. And so we knew like, Security, privacy weren't their priorities. We knew we were overpaying for things. They weren't reporting accurate campaigns, but I got a benefit. It made me look good. I could drive my business. Like it gave me fulfillment as a business professional. And I gladly spent my money because I knew that I would derive value and it'll help me reach my corporate goals. But I mean, this is not new information. Um, I think now, yeah, we, we, we have a not only obligation as uh just humans right hey what's just because it's available is accessible but i i think you know your buddy tim ferris you know talks about the minimum uh dosage effect that okay what's the minimum amount of this i need to get a benefit for most of us it ain't four hours of social media right and so i think it's okay well what's the minimum amount send a message have a conversation and then Move on with your life. And I, I think easier said than done. But yeah, no, I, I'd encourage, I think, listeners to really, you know, take a, you know, whether it's a weekend, take one day, one weekend, uninstall, uh, do it with a spouse or a friend or a significant other um, as well. And then also create physical distance, you know, between you and your phone to start to replace that time. I think the, the flip side in closing is not only did I step away from social media, digital, I replaced that time with time with my wife and kids and praying with them and for them and uh, reading, setting a vision for what our family could be like all these things. And like no one would ever argue with like, yeah, I mean, all that sounds way better than like arguing with, you know, some quasi racist person on Facebook or, you know, looking at somebody twerk on, on IG. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's common sense, but I know it's hard because, you know, our brains are wired differently. So I, I wish everyone the best of luck in this journey. Uh, and hopefully you won't see me on social media much. <laughs> All right, man. Until the next time, I love you. And such a good convo today. Likewise. Thanks, dude. Love you too. Hey, guys, this is DC. And this was the Unfollow Podcast. We hope you like what you heard today. And if you didn't, that's okay. There's 100,000 other podcasts you can choose to subscribe to. But if you like this one, do us a favor and subscribe or share it with a friend.